Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview men's ministries uh, leaders to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. This is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Salen, and I thank you for joining us today. This week, I have the privilege of having someone on the program as my guest who is a leading individual in ministry to men. I met this man five, six years ago, something like that, through a, a, a mutual mentor of ours who introduced us to each other. He says his life story can be summarized in one sentence. He went from rags to riches to ruin to, to redemption. Uh, he is an award-winning, internationally known speaker, university professor, author, and a professional builder of men. He oversees a nonprofit organization ministry focused on helping good men become great men God's way. He currently hosts the number one radio podcast on iTunes on Christian for Christian men called Real Men Connect, which mentors, trains, and disciples men to be amazing husbands, awesome fathers, and extraordinary leaders. He and his wife, Tanya, live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so by now, those of us who th that know him and probably is watching us via video or has met him through somewhere may know who I am talking about. Please welcome with me Dr. Joe Martin, the founder and creator of Real Men Connect. Joe, it's good to have you with us today. Mike, what a pleasure just to see your face, man. Um, I'm so happy to be here, man. Uh, this COVID thing, man, I'm glad that we're connecting and we're seeing each other again. And hopefully we'll be in person again sometime soon so we can hang out together, man. Thank amen, you, amen. I know the last time you and I were together was uh, back March a year ago mm -hmm. where I was emceeing a uh, Iron Sharpers Iron Conference and you were one of the keynote speakers. And I think it was the next weekend right after that, everything just shut down. Yes, it and, did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, so we just barely got that conference in and it was a great conference. I tell you what, y'all did a fantastic job on, on speaking to the men's lives. Well, I'm going to steal a page out of your podcast. Sure. I'm going to I'm going to steal a page out because I know you like to ask men at the very beginning of your interviews, what is your favorite verse or verse that God may be using to speak into your life, and why is that verse so meaningful to you? So I'm turning it back on you this time, brother. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I always ask our guests when they come on their favorite Bible verse that gives them inspiration and in word of God. That could be their seasonal verse. It could be their life anchor verse. Yeah, we always ask that question, and no one ever asked me that question. So I'm glad that you asked me that question. Mine is easy. I have a lot of um, favorite verses, but the one is my life verse that I cling to and has given me life and brought me to the redemption phase of my story that you mentioned from rags to riches to ruin to redemption. It's been 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 5, 17, that anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Yep. All things have been made new. The old is gone and all things have been made new dude that is my life verse and and the question is why why is that my life verse because you have to know my story and if you saw how i went from rags to riches to the ruined part how i ruined my life abused god's grace ruined my family's life lost my wealth almost risked my health um lost my integrity lost my character defamed my reputation you name it hitting rock bottom, realized God was rock at the bottom. I thought there's no way in the world God would ever use me for anything else because mm. I had already saw him work in my life 
and brought me from the streets and the projects and the ghettos of Miami, Florida to giving it all to me. And then for me to turn my back on him and, and turn away from him and then destroy it all. Why would God ever use anybody like me ever again? I had my chance. I blew it. I'm kicked out of heaven. <laughs> no way God could ever redeem me. And that verse, man, when people ask me, how can you walk around with no shame, no guilt? Because when they hear my story, they're thinking, man, I thought I was a bad sinner. That dude. <laughs> but, you know, other than me committing murder, I pretty much did everything else, you know. Well, well. But, um, I, but that was it. That was and they asked me how I said, because Second Corinthians 5, 17, that is my life saving verse. Whenever the enemy comes at me to attack me, I speak that back to him. And that usually makes amen. him flee. <laughs> well, well, you know, you've alluded to 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 your past and experience, and, and it kind of is what because uh, the conversations you and I have had over the years, I know that you've alluded that that had a lot to do with how that your God used that to move you into the ministry you're in now. And I, I want to ask you if you'd share that with our audience a little bit. Uh, I know you don't have time to go into the whole details right. of it, but if you can drive down to kind of like the Reader's Digest version and just kind of give give our audience a little bit of a taste of what God did in your life. Because just like you said, there's a lot of men out there who are feeling like they're rock bottom and they don't know what, what to do and where to go. I know uh, uh, back in 2006 when God grabbed my heart, tapped my heart for men's ministry, I was dealing with cancer. And mm -hmm. so he, he he uses things like that so often right. to, to capture us. So so could you expound on that a little bit in, in your life? Yeah, my, and I'll make it, I'll give you the ESPN version of it because we can always unpack anything that you want to talk about. But I had it all by the age of 30, only to lose it all by the age of 40 due to um, my addiction to pornography and sex addiction. And a lot of people can relate to that, having a mm -hmm. sex addiction or pornography mm -hmm. addiction. But I took it to a whole nother level. Um, I was a serial adulterer um, to the point that I lost track of the bodies. And when I was trying to save my marriage, when my ex-wife started asking because you got to come clean when you've been found out and been exposed if you want a chance at saving the marriage because you can't right, build right. a marriage on a lie and right. she started asking me how many women had it been we're not talking about the same woman multiple times we're talking about just a lot of women multiple times mm -hmm. when she started saying has it been more than 10 20 50 100 i had to tell us please stop asking mm. because i'm sure it was more than that so you're talking about uh when i say a serial adulterer you know, you're talking about probably close to a thousand times of committing adultery onto my wife. Now, I know what some of the guys may be thinking, boy, you deserve hell for that. You're absolutely right. But we serve a merciful and uh, a full of grace God. Amen. And so you would think that would have been the worst that I that I did. But the worst part of it is that I abused God's grace and I misrepresented him to other people. I was in the church, bro. I'm leading men's ministry doing all this stuff. Hmm. I'm 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 jeopardizing and becoming a stumbling block for other people's faith. That guy who, wow, if that happened to him, then God must not be real. He had it all. What, you know, this guy claimed to love God and I misrepresented him. And so that was what happened to me that I ruined um, that marriage. I ruined my family and not to mention the number of women that I've been with who they quote knew I was a man of God. And I did this too. And I don't even want to go into what I think the damage that I did based on some of the ages, some of some of these women, whether they were married. I didn't care if they were married and how many marriages that I ruined as a result 
of my disobedience and me abusing God's grace. That's the short end of it and having to deal with the arrogance and the pride. And, you know, all of this was based on the fact that I thought I could do life alone. I didn't need any help. And I really need I needed a lot of help because I was trying. I did all that because I was trying to outrun the pain of my past, mm -hmm. which involved a, um, a, my father abandoning me, my mom abusing me as an abusive alcoholic, um, being sexually abused as a child for three years, watching six of my friends get murdered before I reached the age of 16, um, living in abject poverty where my sister used to steal food to feed us. That doesn't that doesn't give me an excuse for what I did. That explains what I did. But it doesn't excuse what I did. But I thought by achieving a lot of success and by just running after, quote, worldly success, that I wouldn't have to deal with the pressures of life. And eventually my past caught up to me and I ended up ruining um, my family and almost destroyed my wife's, my ex-wife's life. Mm, I tell you, it, it's amazing how where God can watch us go and take us out of that miry clay and put us back on a solid rock of Jesus Christ and then be able to use us to be able to minister into people's lives like you are doing today. It's just amazing to, to know how, what, what kind of God that we serve. Absolutely. And my, we, I got to praise him because people ask say, Joe, you don't, you're not concerned about people knowing about all the stuff that you've done and, and you, and you did and, and them um, judging you when the, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. And I'm living in the victory of Christ, not in the condemnation, the condemnation Amen. of man. Amen. I can care less what man thinks of me. That's I just right. want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And That's I will right. spend the rest of my life serving him and also making the devil mad because he should have killed me when he had the chance to destroy me. And now I'm wreaking havoc on hell by now making disciples and helping men write their comeback stories or yeah. hopefully might. Preventing them from ever having the right one in the first place. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, one of the things that God captured my heart when he when he reached out and, and, and started moving me into ministering to men. And you kind of alluded to it to, in your in your ESPN in the description there of your past of being in church, being a men's leader. And uh, yet you were you were doing things that was not honoring God. And, and one of the things that concerns me a lot is a number of men that are in our churches who are just there. I call them just because men is what I call them. Mm -hmm. They're there just because they, uh, that's the way they were raised. They were there. Mm -hmm. They're there just because uh, it's trying to keep peace in the family, uh, mm -hmm. just because it looks like a, a good business role model, so to speak. But mm -hmm. yet they, they really don't have that intentional relationship uh, with God. And, right. uh, and, and what are you seeing as, I know you're not traveling as much right now, you're starting to get back into that, mm -hmm. but, uh, but just what are you seeing and hearing about men today and what do we need to do to reach these guys? Well, I'm seeing the same thing that you're seeing, Mike, because, you know, we're still in the same vein of trying to make disciples who make more disciples who disciple mm -hmm. others. And so I'm starting, I see the same thing. Um, what we have to do to make change, though, because I think that's more important than what we see the problem is, because that problem has existed for a while. And I don't yeah. see that changing anytime soon unless we change things. When I say we men like us, Mike, who do go to church and we're members in the church, I call it we have to infiltrate, infiltrate mm. the churches. by Kinda like a soldier. That, yeah, like a soldier, because we know <laughs> that there's a lot of guys in our church and we know a lot of them are playing church. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to play church. So what we have to do is be, and you know, our mentor, one of our mentors, um, Coach K always says, be intentional. Absolutely. Coach and it's about being intentional. 
And we have to be intentional about building a relationship with the men in our church. Ask them out for a cup of coffee. And I'm not talking about doing stuff that's, quote, spiritual. But what, what did Coach K always tell us? that The, the ministry of hanging out. Yep. It's the ministry of hanging out. And we have to do now. It may be a slow process, but you have to start picking guys. And before COVID, man, I was on a tear that at least once, if not twice a week, I would invite a brother out for lunch or coffee. Mm-hmm. Now, when mm-hmm. I started my finances started getting shaky, it would be coffee. When I had some money, <laughs> you know, I would invite him out. And all we do, and all I would do, Mike, is when I got with them, ask them their story. Yeah. So if I took you and Mike, you and I was hanging out and I just met you at church and say, hey, Mike, my name is Joe Martin, man. I've been seeing you coming here, man. And um, I saw maybe I saw something that you had. Man, I, I noticed that you were wearing uh, uh, um, a Miami Dolphins cap. I love the Dolphins. All right. Say, hey, man, let's well, have no, a- I won't hold that against you. So. Don't hold that against me, man. Pray for us, man. Pray for us. Man. But I would ask, ask you out and Mike, when we get out t- together, because it can be intimidating for a lot of men when yeah. they ask somebody else, what we're going to talk about. You don't have to do all the talking. You get them to do the talking by asking them questions. And Mike, the first question I would ask you is, hey, man, what's your story? Mm-hmm. Tell me about, you know, how'd you, you know, how'd you get here to Chattanooga? If we're in Chattanooga, are you from this area? Where'd you from? Man, tell me about how it was growing up in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm going to keep no different than you doing an interview with me right now. Mm-hmm. I got to get curious and be intentional. And what I'm going to do is that's the first step. And I think as we do that and we start sharing a little bit more about our story, the more we start to open up and the more we open up, the more we start to trust. And so I know it's not a quick fix, but it's the long it's the long term plan. And that's what we were taught by coach is that you have to be intentional about building a relationship. I tell men all the time, this is not a light switch you turn on. It's a lifestyle that you live. And we have to do that. That's how I think we start making the changes. But we need men who are willing to commit to doing that. I can't, I can't wait now to get back on my routine of having lunch with guys again. You, yeah, know, yeah. you know what they call it at the church of Panera. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I take them. We either go to the um, Panera bread, Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks too much. It gets too loud in there. Yeah. It does. Starbucks. And, um, and I'm the only one I know who goes to firehouse subs. I don't know why I pick firehouse subs, but firehouse subs, Panera <laughs> bread, and it's going to be Starbucks. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going to meet with you. And you notice it's not some upscale restaurant. You know, it's just a little place that we can sit across from each other and I can talk to you and we can share our stories. That's all. Yeah, I I agree with you. I kind of stay away from coffee houses too. Number one is I don't drink coffee to begin with. I don't even drink coffee either. Isn't that funny? I take them to Starbucks, I don't even drink coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And number two is, like you said, with the machines and everything running when they're making their various brews and so forth, it gets kind of loud in there sometimes. Yeah, it gets loud in there sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, that's my third choice if I can't get to other places. But uh, but, you know, our our mentor called them Barba's Lunch Appointments, if you remember that. Yeah, yep. And, and and the whole purpose of that is exactly what you said. Anytime you heard Coach K say, I'm going for a BLA, you knew exactly, you know exactly what he was talking about. Yep. Absolutely. You knew exactly what he was talking about. That, that, that is super. And that's exactly what it has to be. I know uh, I know when, when back in 14, 15 years ago, I had somebody tap me on the shoulder and invited to me something. It was my first experience, believe it or not, out of all the years I've been in church, that was my first experience of somebody being intentional with me and mm-hmm. and being able to move and it and it began to change my life when when they did that and of course eventually i met coach k and it just took off from there yeah. so to speak about yeah. what god god did in my life it's super super well tell me something how did how did real men connect come about how did the ministry come mm-hmm. about well at 
God had called me to it. We're now in our sixth year. But prior to that, after I was coming, going through the redemption phase, um, you know, Coach K kind of helped you take it to another level. This is before I even met Coach. Um, I met another guy named Howard Mintz. You've heard me. Mm -hmm. I've spoken at some of your programs. You heard me mention Howard all the time. And when I met him, he was my Coach K at the moment. And when he came into my life, I realized how much I didn't know as a man. I didn't realize that now I'm in my late thirties, you know, going to my forties and I didn't know how to be a husband. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be a spiritual leader of my home. I didn't know how to disciple um, and discipline my children properly. So I wouldn't be pushing them away from me, but drawing them closer Mm -hmm. to me through the discipline. And he had eight kids. And so I watched him. And so I was in education. I was, you know, this um, high Priced consultant working with school districts all over the world and four different countries and school districts all over the United States. And I remember saying to Howard, I said, Howard, I said, man, you have really impacted my life. And I, re- I didn't know how much I didn't know as a man. I said, um, you know, I'm working in education because he was also an educator at the time. He's retired right. now. Right. I said, what would um, what what do you think the message I should take to the school since I have their ear and they're paying me all this money to give them solutions to their problems? What do you think I need to tell them? He says, oh, they're not ready to listen. I said, what do you mean they're not ready to listen? He said, Joe, I'm in education. They're not going to listen to what you got to say. I said, man, they're paying me all this money. I got a big mouth. They'll listen to me. He says, no. (laughs) He says, Joe, I'm going to tell you, but they're not going to listen. I said, what's they say? Tell them that they have to start with the man in the home. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, that's it. I got to tell. I said, oh, Howard, I can tell them that. And I started to the school districts and I told them that if you want to fix the school system, you got to start with the family. You got to start with the man. You fix the man, you fix the marriage, you fix the family, you fix the community. And guess what? You're going to have better schools. Oh, yeah. e- it to be easier to teach. Well, they were still paying me all this money. And they were like, oh, that's great. I had the statistics to back it up and everything. But as soon as we finish all that discussion, I'm pouring my heart out to them. They say, okay, now how do we raise test scores again? They went right back to the test scores. And I got fed up. So for seven years, Mike, God had been pressing my spirit. I need to work with men, but I didn't want to do it because one, I didn't want to give up the paycheck. <laughs> Number one, two, I didn't want to work with men because men are hard to work with. They're hard. Say, They're it's one, yeah, it's one of the hardest ministries yeah. you can do. You can never do. So I'm like, why, God, why would I leave some working around 90% women and they think I'm the greatest thing in the world and they're paying me a lot of money to do it to work with hard-headed men like that, right? Who would do that? So I tried to outrun it for seven years and I felt like Jonah and got swallowed up by the well because what I love to do, because I love that job. I love what I was doing. Love the lifestyle it gave me. I was only working like seven months out of the year and pretty much just making a killer. Right. And God gave me a distaste for it, which never happened before. I would do it for free. That's how I love my job so much. I would have done it for free. And I was getting paid a lot of money to do it. You wow. can't ask for anything better than that. That's and right. God made me actually detest it. Yeah. That I was praying. I'm asking my wife to pray because I don't feel like getting on the plane to go get a big check. <laughs> I don't want to go, Tanya. It's that, dude, you can't not not go. We need that money. <laughs> like that, right? And I'm like, what's going on? She said, I said, and it was got to the point that I was near the stage. God, don't let me go out there. 2,000 people, 3,000 people, teachers. I don't want to talk to them, God. I don't want to please God. Don't let me go out there and make it. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would come on me and I would give them the right message. And I'm like, that was scary. God, what's going to happen if I don't have anything to say the next time? And God said, are you tired of running from me now? Are you ready? And so Howard, my mentor, told me, he says, Joe, if you ever want to pay me back, you keep thanking me for all that I've done for you. And I'm telling you, 
I only need you to do one thing. Go make disciples. Amen. And I decided to walk away. Well, transition out of it to um, start doing Real Men Connect. And the rest, as they say, is history. Had no idea what I was doing. God gave me a vision, but not the instructions. <laughs> you know how he does that, right? He tells you, here's the plan. I see the whole plan. Now, how in the world do I do that? And he didn't, he didn't lay it out for me. He just started telling me to take one step at a time. That's right. Take that first step, bud. Take that first, first step. step. <laughs> and we've been growing and changing and growing and changing and expanding ever since. And mm -hmm. I am dumbfounded and just awe-inspired to say, wow, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone in Christ, he is a new creature because it makes no sense. The platform he's given me, the impact that he's given me and the ripple effects of this. Um, I'd be glad when the income comes back, <laughs> but the impact is eternal. And I can't, I can't even complain, Mike, that the eternal rewards that I'm building through this ministry is just incredible because uh, I'm touching lives I never even see. And I oh, get yeah. emails, these just anonymous emails and, People sowing seeds into our ministry who I've never met before, just given to something sight unseen and never met me before. And I'm thinking, did they know my story? <laughs> like they're right, they're giving to this. <laughs> and I'm just amazed by it. So it's been 360 degrees, man. And so I got in this because of Howard's inspiration of discipling me. And then I realized the importance of disciple making and fulfilling the great commission that Jesus told us to do. He said in uh, Matthew, what, 28, 19, 20, to go make disciples. Go, go make disciples. Of all the nations. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to do, what you're trying to do, and men like us in this ministry, and what your platform is reaching, men like us who are trying to do it. And I love what you're doing, Mike, because I don't have a ministry like this where you're ministering to the men who are ministering. I'm ministering to the men who are in the homes, but not the people who are ministering to the men. And right. hopefully we're raising up those leaders, so I can't wait to tell them about what you're doing. I um, mean, picking up that mantle, doing exactly what um, Coach has called us to do is to kind of disciple the leaders. You're discipling yeah. leaders, and that's yeah. what I love about what you're doing. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. You know, it, it's kind of interesting what you're talking about. You don't know who you're touching, who you're ministering to. I'm sure it's mm -hmm. happened to you because it's happened to me. And um, a lot of times we'll be out, my wife and I will be out and about in the community. We'll be at a store, and some man will come up and start talking to me. And she'll see she'll see him talking to me, and she'll kind of stay away because mm -hmm. the chances are I ain't got a clue who he is. <laughs> you don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. He has seen me speak somewhere, or he's heard right. one of the podcasts, or something. You know, because mm -hmm. we 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 do uh, record these uh, from a uh, video standpoint, and he'll just come up, and start talking to me like he knows me, and I I don't mm -hmm. I don't know. So you don't know who you may be ministering to, which okay. goes to another thing: you better be on your p's and q's when you're out in public all the time. <laughs> oh, I can't. Oh, Mike, I have so many stories that it's actually scary to me sometimes when I'm out and about because we still got to deal with customer service. Yep. We still got to deal with bad customer service and I'll be <laughs> out doing something and I'll go through and I'm being challenged and somebody will come up to me and say, you're Joe Martin. Da, da, da. And I'm thinking, what if I've been acting a fool and acting like a butt <laughs> when they came up to me? It's like, I got to be on it all the time. I'm like, wow, God, I need your Holy Spirit because I have no idea who's watching me. You don't. You oh do my not. goodness! It's very humbling. It's very humbling, man. <laughs> it, it it is something when somebody comes up to you and, and they know your name, they know know somewhat of your story, and you ain't got a clue who they are. So oh, I, oh, I got a fun, I got a funny story. Quick, funny story for you, Mike. Sure. Where was I? I was oh, 
I was at um, I mean, I told you I'm getting physical therapy because I'm having a bulging disc in my neck. I talked to you about before we came on the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm having some physical challenges. I'm feeling great now, but I've had some physical challenges. So I get to go to um, my first um, appointment. Now, I've never been to this physical therapist before in my life, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> I go to the physical therapist's office, and you know, if you go to a doctor's office, they're notorious for making you wait. They want you to show up on time. But you sometimes, sometimes 15 minutes, 15 <laughs> minutes right before early. the appointment. <laughs> and then they have you waiting for like an hour, right? And, and we got things to do, Mike. We, we, we know we got things to do. We got places to be. And so I'm all some stuff is stirring up in me, right? And I'm like, man, they're they're abusing my time and I need to get some, but I'm not letting my attitude show, but it's percolating right. on right. the inside, right? Yeah. And so I'm giving them information and they're asking me questions and everything, and I'm talking to them. All I'm doing is talking to the receptionist. Then this doctor comes out and he says, are you the Joe Martin? And I'm like, what? I said, who is the Joe Martin? He says, Joe Martin um, from Real Men Connect podcast. Right. There. He says, and I, and you've been on uh, Moody Radio all the time. You go on Moody Radio all the time. I said, Yes, that that's me. He said, I've heard your voice in the back. Uh oh. And it sounds to me like the voice I hear on the radio all the time. Uh-oh. And I said, that sounds like Joe Martin. And I'm thinking, God, I was just about to act a fool up in this place. <laughs> what, did I, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> and I am so glad I'm I muzzled my tongue and did not say anything because I would have oh he was that that dude. Oh, I was so that God, thank you, Lord. I didn't say what I was about to say to these people. <laughs> but we got to be on our P's and Q's all the time. Oh, uh, my wife gets on me about that. She said, you're starting to get the old man syndrome sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you think before you say before you think. <laughs> oh, man. We, and we can't afford to do it in men's ministry. We got to lead no. by example, brother. Lead absolutely, by example. Absolutely. Joe, I want to ask you something. You've got it on your website. And I know last uh, March when we were um, having our ISI conference, you, you actually – spoke on it but uh, uh and i and i know you can't go through the whole uh, message that you did mm-hmm. but you talk about five types of men that we see uh regularly uh throughout our churches and um and i wonder if you could kind of just uh touch on that also and help men to understand help our leaders to understand um those men that they may come across in their churches and why that man may be like he is you, well, you know, I think you were, I think you referred to the five types of dads that we could have had. Are you referring to that, Mike? Well, I, I didn't want to go into it without you saying, but the, the whiner, the warrior, the warrior. Oh, uh, oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about the oh yeah, that's right. The five types of uh, the five types of men that you can choose to be. I, I, yeah. I'm getting mixed up with our dads and the men. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I've been all five of these men. All right, yeah. I, I've been all five of these. Men. I, I will have to say that I I have too. You know, there, yeah, there's no we, doubt we, in my mind. Yeah, I think all men, I think all men probably, uh, all all men who are solidly into God now, it's got, it's got their f- feet firmly planted on, on the rock of Jesus Christ, has probably been all five of these at some point myself. But uh, uh, I, 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 but I don't think we realize it. So if you would share, I, I, I would appreciate that. All right. And if I forget one, just remind me and I'll explain to the type of men. But we usually I never forget the whiner. <laughs> we, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the person who's who I call him the, the why baby. Why this always happened to me? Why is God forsaking me? Why did my wife acting to say why? You know, we're always wondering why and asking God why mm-hmm. questions, because 
we don't understand and we think that God owes us something because we're quote being good Christians. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the whiner. And I'm going through this quickly. If you want to go deeper into either one of them, we can. Um, but we have the whiner. Um, we also have the I call it the um wounded man. Did that mm -hmm. is that one of them, the wounded guy? It might, you know, you call them out to me and I'll explain it because I don't want to mess up. Go ahead, tell me the ones that 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 I outlined. We said the whiner, what else? Well, the war, the warrior, the warrior. Let's start with the worry. Yeah, we got yeah. the word. This is the guy. Um, he's afraid. He's walking around in fear a lot. He's mm -hmm. always worried um, about what people think, about what's going to happen, things that haven't even happened yet. He's worried. God called us um, to be worshipers, not worriers. And a lot of times he's worried about what people are going to think of him. Okay, I was the whiner too because I grew up in a bad neighborhood and I grew up in a bad environment. God, why was I born in Liberty City in Miami in the projects? Why did I have a mom who struggled with addiction? Why did my dad abandon me? But I also worried about what would other people think of me if they knew I came from an environment like yep. that. And so we got the guy who's worried about all the mistakes that he's made in the past and what people and his secret coming out and people. So he ends up going to the extreme of letting worry and that fear paralyze him so he can't walk in the faith that God has um, ordered it in his steps. So give me the next one. Mike. Waiter, the waiter. Oh yeah, this is a guy, and I've been this guy too, <laughs> where we want to do what God tells us to do, but we're waiting for God to do it first. Mm -hmm. God doesn't work like that. God gives us the next step of obedience he wants us to take, but we're waiting to say, God, I will do it if you, you know, when you, and we, so we're always we're putting God on a timetable and we're waiting for God to do it for us and not willing to obey God. Typically, we'll, we'll quote. Um, what's the uh, was it? Is it um, what is it? Wait on the Lord and you renew your strength. What is that? Isaiah 29, what is 29, 11? Is it? 29, uh, I think so. I can't remember right off yeah. the bat myself. But, but he know, says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with yep. wings like eagles. Yep. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. And we hear that. And we keep focusing on the wait part of it. We're going to wait. But if you keep reading that scripture, it says, but they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. When you mount up, run, walk, those are all verbs. Yep. Those are all action verbs. And so the waiter is the man who's waiting for God to do something. When God says, no, I'm waiting for you to take the first step of obedience. Mm -hmm. God is always going to give you just enough light for you to take the next step. But you can't use waiting as an excuse for passivity. And not doing in disobedience or delayed disobedience. Give me the next one, Mike. What do we put down there? Wounded. The wounded, the man. wounded. Yes. And obviously, I was that guy. Um, this is when we use our past as an excuse for why we don't trust other men and we don't get into community. We're not going to be decided. We don't get a mentor or a coach, somebody like Coach K to, to pour into us because we're too wounded. Because the last guy who did this to me, he sexually abused me as a child. The last guy who did this to me abandoned me when I needed him the most. The last guy who did this to me, he betrayed my trust by telling my secret that he was supposed to keep quiet about. The last guy who did this, he judged me when I opened up. And so that woundedness keeps us out of building um, relationship with other men. And, you know, a man is only as strong as the number of stronger godly men he has around in his life. So you can't get to where God wants you to go trying to avoid people. God is a God of relationship. He built us for a relationship, for a relationship with us and us to have a relationship with others. He said that if you want to keep all the commandments, just do two of them. Mm -hmm. Love him with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as you do yourself. 
Both of those involve what? Relationship. That's right. But you can't be in a relationship if you're walking around wounded. And I give you an example. If you know you're wounded, if people talk to you and they offend you very easily, you're a wounded man mm -hmm. because you can't expect to build a relationship with somebody if they're always trying to repair the relationship with you because you're easily offended. And so that wounded man. Now, you don't have to remind me of number five because number five is where God wants us to be. And guess what that is? That's the warrior, Amen. not the worrier, Amen. but the warrior. Mm -hmm. God created you to be a warrior, to take back what the enemy stole from us, yep. to charge that heel, to capture that flag. He built us for war, spiritual warfare, to lead our families. That you know, I describe that man, that warrior guy, is that he may lose in his battle, but you, when he dies, you're gonna see a spear in his chest, not his back, Mike. That's in right. his chest, because he was fighting until the end. Now, Mike, you know me; I'm five foot nothing and a hundred and nothing. <laughs> All right, I, you I, know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a short guy and I'm taller <laughs> than you. So <laughs> that's right; you're taller than me. And people say, and what people are, uh, are amazed by is my level of confidence. And my son knows, notices that my son is bigger than me, right? And they know, and they say, "Wow, how can a guy that small have that much confidence?" See, they think I have self confidence. I don't have self confidence, Mike. I have God confidence. Amen. Because I am a warrior. And I tell you, I said, "Guess what? You may beat me in a fight, but I'm going to gnaw at your ankle until I gnaw it off. I, I am not going to quit. I am not. You have to kill me. And <laughs> I'd rather have that much fight in me than to be this huge mountain of a giant man." Who has no fight in him because I have God confidence in me. I feel like David when I go up against Goliath because I believe God is going to deliver you into my hands. And God has called us to be warriors, not warriors, not whiners, not warriors, and not wounded. He called us to be whole. So I'm hoping that helps a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's super. You know, then it goes along with what I what I talk a lot of times to our men when I talk. And that comes out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, where it says, Two are better than one because they bring a greater reward for their labor. For if one falls down, right. there's another there to lift him up. And then it gives a warning to us guys, woe to the man who doesn't have somebody uh, to lift him up. And the, and the deal is, those other four guys you were talking about, mm -hmm. the wounded, the warrior, the, the whiner, the waiter, he could be that guy that don't have that man uh, walking beside him, but that warrior will have somebody. Jesus, Jesus never sent his guys out, his disciples out by themselves. He always right. sent them out in twos. In, At least in, in twos. That's right. In twos. That's right. And so, so I, I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Joe, we are coming up on our time here in just a few minutes. Uh, uh, we, you and I, <laughs> you and I could just could talk and talk and talk. There's no doubt in my mind. But I want our viewers to know a little bit about how they can connect with you and, uh, and through your ministry and how they can contact you if they would like to possibly schedule you to come in and speak at your at their church or an event that they may have, or or just to to get get uh, gain information about your ministry and and maybe become a partner with you or uh, or take up some of the mentoring ministries that you have within your ministry. So I want to give you some time to just share and talk a little bit about Sure, that. and I'll make this real quick and brief. Um, if they want to find out more about us, just go to realmenconnect.com, and there it is. It should be on their screen, realmenconnect.com. And that gives you access to all of our resources and everything. But let me explain to you what we do, because the name says it in itself, Real Men Connect. What we do is 
Mike, we make sure that no man does life alone. Mm -hmm. We do life with you. Our what we you know, this is our ministry, but we do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. Yeah, we don't yeah. take a day off because sure. the devil doesn't take a day off. In our ministry, what we've built with in our community with our men, that we're only a phone call, an email, a text message, an appointment, a Facebook post away from getting the help that you need. Because what we do is we help men win at what matters and even frustrates them the most as husbands, as fathers, as leaders. And we do that with connection. We do it in community. We do it with coaching and we do it with counseling, giving them help and hope in the hardest places of their lives. And we do it through accountability. We do it through um, weekly meetings. We do it through one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. We're a ministry that does life with you. So no man ever has to do life alone again. And um, I can tell you, Mike, I haven't seen anything quite like it because the first question we get asked when they see what we do and how we do it is how can you provide that much contact with people? How do you do it? We have a system to it and we've raised up a lot of leaders who support this ministry. I couldn't do this by myself. Mm -hmm. So we've discipled some leaders within our ministry where you're doing it for the churches. We're doing it within our ministry to be able to allow us to give men that kind of access. And I mean, if something happened to me tomorrow, Mike, this ministry would still continue to grow well, that's, even that's without super. me, which that's, that's when I realized, wow, mission accomplished. It doesn't need me to succeed. But if a man out there is thinking that he's by himself and doesn't and needs somebody who can help him deal with the trauma of his past and he needs somebody who can not only get in and challenge him and get in his face, but stand by his side, reach out to us and check us out. And we have and we have a program called the Real Men 300 in which we do that. in. it's called the Real Men 300. Oh, yeah. And I would encourage you, encourage you out there that's listening to that you do reach out to Joe and and through Real Men Connect. And if you want to contact Joe, you can once you once you bring that Web page up up there at the top, it has a connect button that will give you to a form that you can fill out and send to him. And I'm sure him or one of his people will reach back out to you and talk to you. Uh, it is a it is a superb organization that will give, will give you a lot of insight on what it means to be a real man in God's way, as Joe likes to say. Joe, I thank you for being with us today. You provided a lot of information, and and I look forward uh, to you and I breaking bread again uh, sometime and, and just having some fun together in ministry and, and as, as we go forward. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope and pray that uh, your your speaking engagements pick up big time over the next over the next uh, couple of months. Well, they're they're, start, they're starting to pick up, Mike. I tell good, you, but good, Mike, good. I, I got to say this that I know um, you know we just celebrated um, Father's Day. Yeah. Um, I don't know when you know we just celebrated Father's Day yesterday, and I had to uh, speak at a church yesterday. Um, but I can tell you right now that um, Coach K is smiling today, knowing Amen. that we're connecting like this on this this broadcast because his fingerprints and his presence is still being felt. And so just see, every time I see you, it just reminds me of coach Amen. and, and it makes me. me smile to know that he's smiling on us and way to go guys, <laughs> way to go. Way Amen. To go. Amen. So I, I, it just, just make it's a pleasure seeing your face every time. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. Gentle conversations with Mike Stanley is a ministry of Cape Fear men. Uh, if you want to know more about Cape Fear Men, just reach out to capefearmen.net and you can find what we do in our ministry to uh, to help leaders be the leaders they need to be in their local churches and men's ministry. And if you want to reach out to me, 
you can contact me at mike.sandlin at capefearmen.net. It was good to have you again. Like I said, Joe, appreciate it. And like our brother used to say, our mentor used to say, after he prayed over us, every time. Every time. He, he, <laughs> would, say, he would say, Father, I pray that you will give them a rock to stand on, mm -hmm. a brook to drink from, and a tree to shave them by. Thank you for joining us on Intentional Conversations, and we'll see you next time on Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin.